Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday sermon series, Christmas at the Movies. This series will highlight biblical truths from classic Christmas movies, such as Elf and Miracle on 34th Street. It's a fun way of revealing the true meaning of Christmas. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand of praise? We're just happy to be here this morning. And I am excited to be ministering to you this morning. And, oh, there's still synth. You took us to heaven there for a second. Give it up one more time for our worship team. I'll tell you... I travel to different churches quite a bit, and I'll tell you, we're very, very, very blessed to have such an awesome worship team. So I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Um, as you all know, Pastor Omar is, is out of town right now. He's taking care of some very important matters, spending <laughs> some quality time with his sons. That's, that's very key. Um, but uh, I get the privilege of filling in, and I'm actually filling in on um, our Christmas series, which is Christmas at the Movies. Now, the concept of the theme is very simple. Uh, we basically take classic Christmas movies, and from it, we pull a point or an idea or a thought, something that you may or may not have seen in the theme itself. But uh, we have a video here that we're going to... Sh- I'm just kidding, guys. The sound room just freaked out. I, <laughs> I, I had to do it, Rob. I had to do it. And, he, you know, Rob is so good, he probably would have had one... He probably would have downloaded it real quick and played it for me. No, but I, I, I actually get to cover a very interesting movie, and it's, um, it was actually just originally a children's book, and then it became a cartoon, and then it became a couple of movies. So I'm talking this morning about The Grinch. So... <laughs> Now, The Grinch, I was thinking about this movie, and I thought, okay, what does is, what is The Grinch come to do? Now, there, was ma- there were many different ways I could have gone with this, because, you know, you have the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I thought that might have been too extreme, because The Grinch definitely stole, but he didn't kill any who's, and he didn't destroy their property. And so that was one angle I didn't go for. There was lots of different places, you know, being stingy. Some of you are like The Grinch at Christmas. You, don't, you know, you take instead of give because you don't understand what Christmas is really all about. And that could have been an offering sermon. But, uh, but no, I, instead, what I wanted to talk to you about is your thought life. Because if you're going to personify the Grinch and his character, really what he comes to do is he comes to take the more important things from us. He comes to try to steal. And what that personification really reflects to me is negative thinking. And so I want to talk to you this morning about your thought life, and I want you to get, get you to recognize that negative thinking steals from you. Yes, negative thinking robs you from the things that matter most in your life. Now, really, this can be all put down into one simple point, and that really is that you become what you think. And the scripture tells us this again and again and again, and we'll get into some scripture in a moment. But really, your battle in your thought life, you're fighting for the truth inside of your heart and inside of your mind, that is really the essence of spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare can be defined simply as this, the fight to believe God's truth over the enemy's lives. Everything that you will ever battle in life ultimately comes down to your thought life. Because the circumstance, though it can be falling apart, if your thought life is in order, you will not be falling apart. So the state of the inner man determines destiny. How we think matters to God. Now, he desires that we, number one, think with faith. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Number two, God wants us to think in purity. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, thinking in purity is not just avoiding those perverse thoughts that you're often preached at about. But pure thinking is also thinking with the right perspective when it comes to things that are honorable. (laughs) Thinking in truth, because when we don't think in truth, we're not honoring God. When we think according to the lie, we are telling God in our thought life that I trust the enemy's deception more than I trust your truth. I trust more what my circumstance says about me than what your word says about me. And this is why it's important that we maintain pure thinking because that thinking is according to the word, which is number three. God desires that we think on the word. Psalm chapter one, verses one through three. This is one of my favorite portions of scripture. It says this, Oh, the joys... Of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Think about that. They prosper in every single aspect of their life. Not only that, the scripture says that they bear fruit in each season. Not in some seasons, in each season. What's the key? They meditate on the word day and night. So that's number three. God desires that we think on the word. Number four, we need to think with wisdom. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 16 says, How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. And number five, God desires that we think humbly. Scripture declares, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given to us. So again, God desires that we think in faith, that we think in purity, that we think on the word, that we think with wisdom, and that we think humbly. Why is it so important that we think in this manner. It's because when we think like God thinks, we can respond like God would respond. When you think according to the way God thinks, you act according to the way God acts. Everything about you, the direction in your life, the habits you've formed, the relationships you keep, all can be traced back to the way you think, your mindset. I was, at a, I was at the mall with a friend, and I, I, I live right across the street from the Cerritos Mall. So whenever somebody wants to set up with a meeting, a meeting with me, I always say, the Cerritos Mall, because I just drive across the street. And when I get there, sometimes they've driven 45 minutes to an hour, and they're like, where are you coming from? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm around here somewhere. <laughs> but I was at the mall, and I was watching different people, and I, would just, I just like to study human behavior. I do it right now. I'm watching you. You think you're studying me? I'm studying you. 
And so they're walking around the mall, and I watched this, this one family. You know, they're giving out those little free samples. And some people would take the free sample, they would eat it, and they would go and throw it in the trash can. And then I watched this other family go by, and the little kid just throws it on the floor. And I, I, I was like, I was appalled. I was like, how, how dare you? That's just my thinking. And the dad looks down, looks at it, and they kept walking. And I thought, okay, see, that right there, that, that thought process, that thinking of it doesn't matter, someone else will do it, is why some, you'll, you'll see that some countries, some neighborhoods, some sections of town will be falling apart, and others are extremely nice and well-kept. It's the difference in mindset. And so the way you think all affects everything about you. Now, I remember um, growing up, uh, I, 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 was, I was so blessed to grow up in a Christian home. I'm actually a third-generation Christian, fourth-generation preacher. And so I grew up in a Christian home. Many of you know my parents, Pastor Dave and Esther Hernandez. And um, yeah, yes, thank you. We got a fan. <laughs> And, you know, I remember growing up in that Christian home, and I have, I have nothing but pleasant memories. And it was, it was just, it was a wonderful childhood. I, I have no complaints. There was nothing I can look back on to think that was traumatizing or that scarred me. And, and I recognize that's, that's like, that's rare. That's not, that's not something that everyone, so I, I cherish that. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't conflict in our home. You see, my, my, dad, my dad works at this company, the company is Aramark. Now, many of you know Aramark. It's it's made it's made you know it turns boys to men, and, and that that right. I, I've I've talked to people who've done they've done roofing, they've done construction, they've done you know garbage garbage truck guys. The whole all the different array of different jobs that there could be, and every single one of them told me that this job Aramark was the hardest company to work at for them. And I've seen like half the people from this church quit and ruin my dad's recommendations. But you know. <laughs> But, 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 but I remember that, that, you know, I, I'm a little different because my dad's, uh, you know, my, my, my idea of getting chores done is I would take half of the allowance that I would get for doing those chores and I would pay someone else to do it for me. <laughs> that was how I got my chores done. Uh, and, you know, they would try, my parents would always try different things, but I would always somehow find my, my philosophy is work smarter, not harder. That's, that's the way I think. But that doesn't mean that I wasn't taught hard work. So my dad did a very good job. And, and at the beginning, I remember as I, I was becoming a you know, young teenager, there was a little bit of conflict because I was trying to find my way as a young teenager. My dad was still trying to figure out, okay, how do I deal with, with Diga, you know? Because <laughs> he wanted to teach me hard work. But at the same time, you know, there was this, uh, you know, this other side of me that I always figured out the, the easier way to do things. So... So, so we, there was some conflict there, nothing major, just typical teen father-son uh, conflict. And so I remember there was this season where it, it was, I always felt like, you know, he was trying to get me to do work that I felt was unnecessary because I could get something else done this way, you know, and, and there was this balance, there was this back and forth, some conflict. And I remember one day I was sitting on the couch, and I was sitting on the couch of my, I'm a cat person, I was sitting on the couch of my, my cat, Didi. If you're not, I'm a cat person. Let me tell you something, because because that dog dogs they just they're like those those clingy friends who are like, hey how's it going I'm like no I like the cats that come in they're like what's up and like oh how's it going they just sit next to you, and so so I'm a cat person that, and I remember I was just sitting down on the couch and and I'm 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 watching TV my dad comes home from work, and I remember he made this comment he said he said wow 
what a life you get to live. You just sit there all day on the couch and do nothing. And I remember I got so angry, and it started, to, I, I, I just went off. I was like, what? I'm, I'm so tired of you. You know, it was like my dramatic movie moment right there. I'm, I'm tired of all this pressure and da-da-da-da. I'm just, I'm not like that. And it was this whole, I had this whole meltdown. My dad goes, Diga, I was talking about Didi, the cat. <laughs> the way I thought about the situation change the way I reacted to the situation. When we change the way we think, we can begin to change the way we react. So if you believe a lie, your actions will contradict the truth. You know, those guys, I never understood like that thug mentality. Like, you know, like, you know, you drive through and, you know, this is my town. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, are you the mayor? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're saying to me. You know, where are you from? Oh, I was born in Artesia and then I moved to Downey. And then, you know, I don't understand that. And, you know, but, but you know, often I'll see like, like, like the conflict begins to rise because the mentality is no one's going to tell me anything or they cut them off. And I've heard of stories of people getting killed in simple, you know, road rage incidents. And that's because mentality is prideful. The mentality is wrong. They're not going to tell me what to do. Or someone says something to you. And so you have to go on Facebook and without naming them, you write about them. That's because your mentality, your thinking is off. Well, I have to respond. No, you don't. That's a lie you believe. I have to respond. No, you don't. That's a lie you believe. They can't. Nobody can talk to me like that. They just did. That's a lie you believe. And we have to learn to let those things go and not let our mentality control us if it is negative. So everything you believe will affect every aspect of your life. What you think about people will affect the way you live. Some people just don't trust people. And because of that, they never, ever develop strong connections. What you think about money will change the way you live. Some people think money is just there for momentary pleasure. They never put any away for the long run. And they are broke all the time. You're broke not because the government made it that way. You're broke not because someone's trying to keep you down. You're broke not because the system's falling apart. You're broke because your mindset is that of poverty. I'll say it again. You're broke because of your mindset. And it really, it's the mindset that can get you out of situations like that. What you think about ministry will change whether or not you're effective in ministry. Ministry is a privilege. Ministry is a joy. Ministry is an expression of my love for God because of what he's done for me. But if you look at ministry as an obligation rather than a privilege, the way you carry out that ministry is going to be affected. What you think about ministry matters. What you think about God changes the way you behave. Some people imagine that God is some angry person in the sky waiting for us to make a mistake so that he can exact his revenge upon us with pleasure. No, God is a loving God. He's a loving father. And if you change the way you think about God according to truth, it will change the way you live. It will change the way you feel. What you think about yourself will affect your life. Jesus said, love others as your... How can I love others if I don't love myself? How can I show kindness to others if I never show kindness to myself? How can I be gentle with others if I'm not gentle with myself? We must learn to change our thinking. It's vital that we learn to do away with deceptive thinking. Now, some would say, but I can't control what I think. My thoughts just come randomly. But you have to remember that thoughts are the actions of the mind. You can, in fact, control what you think. 
Now, I know that sometimes thoughts distract me. Apparently, someone's bored with this sermon. I know that sometimes... Uh, Can you change the channel? Wait, what, who is going on here? Oh, Mr. Grinch. What's up, you? lies. Well, I'm just trying to tell them how to control their... No, you're lying to them. No, I'm trying to tell them how to control their negative thing that they can control their... Mr. Grinch. Mr. Grinch. See, this, this is... This is okay. I don't know if he's praying for them or... What? See, this, you're, you, are t- you are such a distraction right now. <laughs> no, I can't give you the microphone. No, I, Enrique, can we please... No, no. No, I know you've been here before. You were here in a... Yeah, you were here in a drama. I know, I know. But, but that doesn't mean... Anthony, can, can you help him out, please? No, I'm not drama. Look, so this is what you have to do with negative things. You got to go. It's time to go. Let's just take them out to the sound room, please. Thank you. No, 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 no. Okay, Mr. Grinch, you, you, okay, okay, Mr. Grinch, you've got to go. All right. No, no, okay. I'm sure you will be. That's, that's Peter Howell, how dare you. But I was, oh, what I was saying is negative thinking is distracting. You see, when you try to focus in on what you're trying to control, negative thinking, much like the Grinch, comes in and tries to steal. How difficult was that to listen to what I was saying when you have some green, weird-looking Grinch guy? And that's really what negative thinking is like. Negative thinking is that nagging, persistent annoyance in your mind that you try to do away with but keeps coming back and keeps persisting and keeps trying to take what you have. That's the problem with negative thinking. But not a lot of people realize that you can actually take control over what you think. What you think is entirely up to you. I know it doesn't feel that way all the time. I know it doesn't seem like you can control what you think. But as a matter of fact, you can control what you think. I think about like um, a Facebook algorithm. Now, and many of you are on Facebook and many of you are on social media. But do you notice that you don't always see every post from everybody that you, you're friends with? Yeah. And the reason that is is because Facebook reads what you click on, and whatever you click on and respond to and comment on. And by the way, just so you know, on Instagram, every photo you like can be seen by everybody. I just want, I want to make you aware of this, just so you know. And so when you go in and you start clicking on different things that you like, it starts to learn whose posts you like more often, what it is that you're viewing, what type of pictures. They can, they can break it down by every like and dislike that you have. So they show you more often what you're into rather than what you're not. And this is what negative thinking is like. It's the thought that comes across the feed of your mind. Sometimes you stop the scroll and you stare at it and you dwell on it and you obsess about it and you think about it. What you're doing is you're clicking like on that thought. And the more often you click like on the negative thinking, the more often that's going to appear. 
But if you begin to just scroll past it and start to click like on other things that come to your mind, things that are pure, things that are positive, things that are biblical, those are the things that will start to enter your mind more often. It is a discipline of the mind. It's not easy, but it is simple. So when a thought comes into your mind, you need to get rid of it if it is not of God. When a thought enters your mind that is good, dwell on it. Think about it. Some of you are still obsessing about things that someone said to you from your past. And and, and you're not going to be satisfied until everybody feels as offended about it as you are. But the truth is nobody is ever going to be offended about it as you are. I've I've talked to so many people where we're trying to resolve issues and... And maybe it's between a couple. Sometimes I've talked to couples. Sometimes I've talked to pastors, believe it or not. And I'm trying to help them resolve their conflict. And, and sometimes when talking to them, it's, it, okay, here's the issue. All we have to do is forgive each other. No, no, no. But what he said was, and, and they want to be angry about it. They want to feel that, 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 that anger. They want, they want to take it out. They want their, their revenge. And, and until they let go of that thought, that relationship cannot flourish. So you have to learn to not obsess over the thoughts that are negative. You have to stop obsessing over your past. You have to stop obsessing over your hurts. You have to stop obsessing over your limitations and begin to put your focus on the Word of God and what the Word of God says about you and the people around you and the situation that you're in. So truthful thinking is like, is like this. I, I, I mean, it's not a big illustration. It's just a simple one. But I think, of, I think of, of, of truthful thinking, and really, you know, you talk about Christmas and gifts, and you see gifts under the tree. But I look, I look at this. This box says joy on it. And this box just represents the gift that you give yourself when you learn to control your thoughts. Now, joy is a gift that you give to yourself that develops over time. But if you're not careful, negative thinking can come in and try to... Excuse me, Mr. Grinch. Enrique, can we get that from him, please? His sock came off. He literally stage dove. Okay, that, this is just, uh, this is a strange thing. Honestly, that wasn't even a part of my sermon. He literally is just doing that on his own. <laughs> but, but we have our joy. And if you're not careful like that, it can come in and try to steal. Now, I hope that stays in your head, that, that horrific image of, <laughs> of, of that green monstrosity. <laughs> they will never leave your mind. And every time you think, why do, why do I not feel, feel joyful? Why am I depressed? Why am I fearful? You can trace it back every single time in your thoughts. I talk to people all the time who want help with their anxiety. And they want me to pray some magical prayer over them. They want me to give them some magical formula. Oh, if you just read these two scriptures, pray this prayer exactly like this, then anxiety is going to be broken. What I tell them instead is the truth. That anxiety and fear and depression and all of these things are the result of the way that we think. And that if we can begin to discipline our thoughts we can begin to get ourselves out of those situations. I've had some preachers, when I say that, they say, that's so cruel. How could you tell them that? No, it's it's a condition. We need to to help them. They need to go to therapy. They need to get medication. And and, and I understand it's a very sensitive subject, but I have to believe what the Bible says. And the Bible says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. That's the final word. 
And so I've had people, I've told them that. Here's how you overcome your anxiety. They'll come, they'll, they'll come back and say, it didn't work for me. I said, did you control your thoughts? Well, I couldn't. And until they learn to finally take responsibility for their own thoughts and to discipline themselves in that way, they'll never get out of that thought process. So what matters more than what happens is how I think about and respond to what happens. I'm going to say that one more time. What matters more than what happens is how I think about and respond to what happens. If you learn to think about the situation according to how God sees it, then you'll be able to respond to it according to his word. A final scripture I want to give to you, then I'll close. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We destroy arguments and lofty opinions. How? By taking those thoughts captive. For every lie that the enemy tells you, there is a truth that God has given you to believe. The enemy says, God does not love you. The scripture says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. The enemy will tell you, God has left you alone. The scripture says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The enemy tells you you've messed up. That's one too many. But 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Again and again, the enemy can tell you a lie. But you have to be able to combat it with the truth. And you combat it with the truth by getting in the word. And the word of God, when it becomes a part of your thinking, will defeat every lie that comes against you. And once every lie has been defeated... Then you know true freedom, and then you walk in true freedom. Because Jesus said you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount, or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.